We'll get into the word of God, and uh, let's go to Second Samuel chapter 6. I think I better open my notes. Second Samuel chapter 6, from verse 1. We we'll do a bit of reading here. It says, again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, uh, 30,000, and David arose and went with the, uh, with the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadam, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadam, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadam, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Let's go on. Then David and all the house of Israel prayed music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of far, uh, on far wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And it was so when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your word, that as we get into your word, we receive revelation and understanding, that you make it simple for us to understand, helping us, giving us directions. Thank you for your blessing, ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand your perfect will for us and our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. So that's really an account of David moving the Ark of the Covenant from where it had been for 20 years, it was away in the house of Abina, huh? Abinadam, or something like that, I think. And it had been there for 20 years. And he moved it to Jerusalem, where he had prepared a place for it. What is the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Pastor Davis has been teaching us about reverential fear of the Lord how to stand in awe of the Lord. And uh, Brother Kyoko, some week ago, some, is it two weeks or one week ago? Two weeks. He ministered about what? Praying from the presence of the Lord. So today, I want to share with you briefly about a heart 
that is sensitive to the presence of the Lord. A heart sensitive to the presence of the Lord. So, I have shown you where we will end up. That's not the beginning. That's actually the destination. That's where we are going. We are going to end up with that scripture. And uh, so, but really our opening scripture, I want us to look at Judges 6 uh, verse 13. It says, this is about Gideon. Gideon said to him, he's talking to an angel, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from, the, uh, from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The presence of the Lord is a pretty wide subject. Uh, and like many other things in the Bible, we find uh, the scripture teaching us about the presence of the Lord before the law with the patriarchs. Then we have the dispensation of Moses and the law where these things were given effect and given a pattern which we follow. And then we have the, 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 this dispensation after the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How does the presence of the Lord manifest? And here we find that even with the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of the Lord, what was in the in the in the ark was was uh, the the what the law the two, the tablets that Moses had the uh, the rod of uh, Aaron was inside that ark and then on top of it was what they called the mercy seat with the two cherubims and God would speak to Moses or to anyone ministering before the ark in between those cherubims so the ark during the times of Moses and in that dispensation was really the presence of the Lord. That is what it carried. Okay, so now this is a time of judges. When Moses and the elders are already dead, there's a lot of unbelief in Israel, and they are in big trouble. And so we find Gideon here saying, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, because he's talking to an angel, but he's not recognizing the presence of the Lord. This is an angel talking to him, and he's asking, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And I don't know whether that's a question in your heart. People may ask, if the Lord is with Kenya, we heard about how God, how people prayed, how God saved this nation. If the Lord is with this nation, why are there mandamanos on Mondays and uh, Fridays? And I don't know. If the Lord is with us, why am I struggling in my personal life? If the Lord is with us, why are we having challenges in families. If the Lord is with us, what's happening this way and that way? If the Lord is with us, why am I struggling with sickness and disease? So you could have a lot of issues around if the Lord is with us, then why this, why that? And I'm going to respond. Part of this is I'm going to share with you. First of all, I would say if the Lord is with us, why are this and this happening? The first thing we need to do, to do is to get rid of idols. Praise the Lord. Because if you read this, you'll find that the first thing after this, the angel of the Lord told him, you go, he's asking these questions, and in their house, they had a shrine, an altar for Baal. And that is the first thing, if you continue reading on, God, this angel told him, you go get rid of what? That idol. The first thing we got to do is to get rid of the idols in our lives. And we have political idols. We have world idols. We have ideological idols. What is an idol? 
An idol is anything that takes our attention from the presence of the Lord. It's going to be difficult to see acts of God in our midst when we are not focusing on the presence of the Lord. We have idols. The second thing we are going to look at is that you cannot come to the presence of the Lord. You will not perceive it. You have to not be sensitive to it if you are looking for presence, benefits. You have to prioritize his presence over his benefits or his presence. All right? And the third thing we are going to look at is that if you, are, if you want to have your heart to be sensitive to the presence of the Lord, you got to come to God knowing he is a person who desires fellowship, a relationship with you. It's not an object, all right? God wants fellowship with us. He wants to relate to us in our everyday details. And the final thing we look at before we come to look at that scripture that we started with is that it's all about the grace of God, justification, the presence of the Lord. Anything to do with God has to do with what? It's all the grace of God through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We have a covenant of blood, and that is what makes this presence a reality. Praise God. So we look at the scriptures, and we'll quickly look at a number of those areas. I'll give you uh, the scriptures as necessary. So, idols. I have shared that with you, that he went Gideon had to go back home and get rid of the altar of Baal that was in his father's own compound. Now, let's go to the patriarchs. Let's look at Genesis chapter 30 um, from verse 25. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, uh, send me away that I may go to my own place and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you know the work which I have done for you. Verse 27 says, And Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, I pray you do not go for I have learned by, let's read it together, by experience and from the omens in divination that the Lord has favored me with blessings on your account. Isn't that surprising? How did Laban know Jacob is the source, is the agent God is using to bless him? Experience, and then what? Omens and divinations. So Laban did not know God, but he could tell there is something with this boy. And that is how I am benefiting. Sandry, Laban never grew out of that. He never learned about the God of Jacob. He was satisfied that he had his idols and his omens. You know, Kinyumbani, he could figure out what is it happening to me? What is it? Have you ever heard people saying, let's deal with this Kinyumbani? Let's go back home and see. He could tell something. And sometimes people get confused. I've, I've, I've ministered to people, they say, I was told this and this and this. I said, as long as something has happened in the spirit realm, even the demons know what is happening. So it's not a miracle if you met somebody and they told you this and this and this. The challenge is what will happen in the future, because that is prophetic. But something that has happened is possible, people who 
dumbo in the spirit realm, they can come up with something and tell it to you, and it will be true. That should never be what moves you. You need to hear what they, on what basis are they talking. Are they talking about the future that God has for you? Praise the Lord. And some people get deceived. But now, let's go to the 31st chapter, and we are looking at verse 1. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has acquired all his self. So, this was, so what happened? In between the, the rest of chapter 30, uh, Jacob had this revelation of how to multiply the sheep. And he had, uh, you, you read all of it, it's quite interesting what happened. He would strip branches and some things and feed the sheep and they multiplied. And his flock grew and grew and became bigger than that of uh, Laban. And now Laban and his guys are beginning to get jealous. And so uh, Jacob figured, I need to get out of here. There is no more grace for me. Because Laban tolerated him as long as he was benefiting. But as long as Jacob started overtaking him, he had other thoughts. Now, let's go to verse uh, 30. That, uh, verse, uh, yeah, let's go to verse 30 now. And now, so he took off at night and ran away. Laban was his uncle, but he was also his father-in-law. All right, the two wives he had, Leah and Rachel, were daughters of, of Laban. So he ran away. Laban caught up with him between what we've read, verse 2 and verse 3 here. It's quite a lot. But now Laban has caught up with him and he's talking to him. So he's saying, you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house, but why did you steal my gods? Why did you steal my gods? He didn't ask him, why did you take off with all the sheep? Why did you take off with the cows? How, why did you take off with the camels? You see, where are the idols? All right, let's go. And then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force, with, whom, with whomever, listen to this, with, with whomever you find your gods. Do not let him live in the presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours, and take it with you, for Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them, them what? Gods. Let's go to verse uh, 41. This is uh, uh, Jacob still talking. Thus I have been in your house. He's, he's really lecturing, kind of uh, reading the riot act. Because Laban such, he did not find his, his, his idols. Uh, Rachel hate them. So now uh, Jacob is really, uh, what he was, an amsomea, if you like that. He's really lecturing. <laughs> his, Jacob is lecturing Laban. He's saying, thus I have been in your house. How many years? 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your frog. And you have, look at that, changed my wages 10 times. All right, let's go to verse 42. Unless, listen, let's read it together. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you'd have sent me away empty-hearted. God has seen my affliction 
and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. He told him he wanted to fight him. God rebuked him, told him, don't touch that boy. Praise the Lord. Do you know, uh, in, in considering this, that, let's go to verse 41. That phrase there, and you have changed my wages ten times, really means you have changed the terms of this thing over and over and over and over. This is the political class in Kenya. Over and over and over throughout the years. Uh, did I tell you I might touch a sacred cow? Have you ever heard of sacred cows? We are going to slaughter one now. It's going to lunchtime. We, we'll, we'll roast a bit of a cow. But don't worry. I'll come back and minister to you, Grace, okay? But part of recent... If God is with us, why then are we having mandamanos? Because over and over, you can't trust people. They are changing terms. They are changing their conditions. Over and over, people are promoting their idols. Pastor Davis, while you are away, there is a certain farm where sheep were stolen. When the news broke out that sheep have been stolen, there was fear across the land. Someone came to my house and started telling me about the sheep that were stolen. I told him a church has been burned, people have been shot, a mosque has been burned. He said, they stole the sheep, they stole the sheep. I said, is it the sheep? He said, those people who stole the sheep, God will kill them. I said, all right. I have never seen that person so exacerbated, especially of political issues. I said again, so is God going to kill people because they stole the sheep? Because they have done all these other things. I said, if, if, if God is going to kill them, why doesn't he start by killing those who stole COVID billions, those who stole NYS money, those who we were told are stealing two billion every, every, every day. More sacred cows. More. <laughs> I say, listen, I don't support any kind of theft. But the problem here is that you have an idol. You have made an idol of politicians. Jacob said, the God of my father, Abraham, show me the God of your leader. The God of my father, Abra of my grandfather, Abraham, the God of Abraham, the God of the fear of my father, Isaac. I want to know your God, which God are we following? Because people have been confused. People, some people rise up, say, we are sons of Mau Mau. Others are rising up, more, more. Others are rising up, saying, we are, we are this and this. I told, my, my aunt was, was, was uh, let me give you a, a moment here. Just a bit to fill you up, because there are so many things that are said in this nation, and people don't seem to understand what is going on. 
During the Mau Mau, 1952 to 1958, how many people say, we fought for this Uhuru. We, we, we fought, we drove off the white person. How many white people died in that fighting? Have you ever bothered to find out? Can I tell you how many? 32. 32, not 3,200, not 320, not 32,200, 32, 32 white people, white settlers, 32. How many Mau Maus died? Official record, 11,000. And official records research, anything between 20 to 30,000. How many Muzungus did they vote? 32. And you tell me they won. How? How did you, do you phrase that as uh, we draw them out? My mother would say, God, by his mercy, delivered this nation. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. It was shared with us last week, how people, Derek Priest, Bishop Mamboleo, men and women, pressing in, believing God for the deliverance of this nation. Not the gods of people. Not the gods of Sugoi, not the gods of Bondo, not the gods of Kaya Forest, where do they go? Not the gods of Mount Kenya, folks, the gods of people who believe God. Mau Mau was terrible. About 5,000 civilians died, many more disappeared. The official account is like 2,000. My auntie, my mom's sister, they dragged her out of her house, out of the hut, and she disappeared into the darkness of night. My mother, they didn't know what happened to her. They knew she's, she never came back. She was dragged into the night by the mamos. And my mother had to take care of, she had the children, and she had to take care of my cousins. And it was so painful in the family because this was a young woman prematurely killed my mom. What, what was her mistake? She refused to take the oath. She stood her ground. She said, I believe God. I will not take the oath. What was the oath? Some covenant with demons that people were taking all over. My mother living through that, that is in the 1950s, Come 1975, what happens to this nation? A man called J.M. Kariugi is, is murdered. Of course, the government denies responsibility. What was he talking? He was saying he's a son of Mau Mau and causing some people a lot of discomfort. What happens, what happens to this man? He is found in a, in, a, in a forest dead. What happens around Mount Kenya? A lot of fear. What happens? People start getting into pickup trucks. People start getting into buses. People start getting onto lorries. Where are they going to? Gatondo. What are they going to Gatondo to do? To take an oath. They called it chai. My mother stood her ground. She said, I will not take an oath. I am born again. I will not participate in these covenants. Fear throughout the village. My mom will tell us, people are mobilized in churches. 
in churches. Communities were lobbied and people were ferried. My father <laughs> took my elder sister and, and my brother, who are big enough, actually there is an older sister of mine, she went by herself with a different group. But the ones who were at home was an, a brother and my sister and went with them to Katodo and he said it was so fearful. They did not know whether what happened to my auntie is what is going to happen to my mom. That made my mom a radical. You come to her with a history of Mau Mau, she's believe God. Believe God. What is happening? Same thing today. Idols. Can I tell you something? I will not follow the gods of Gatondo. I, Francis, if all of you get into buses, going to Sugoi, or Bodo, or Kaya, please, don't even bother to ask me. Tell them I am not going. I am not boarding that bus. We have created idols in this nation of men. There is a need for people to review our lives and ask ourselves, which God, if you cannot tell me you are God, what business do I have following you with the sheep? What sheep? It is not the sheep. Sheep have been killed in Baragoy and all these other places all of the time. It has nothing. It's not. Laban was not coming after any sheep. He said, where are my gods? Why have you stolen them? And what's wrong with Rachel? Rachel is a type of a church. You are in between. Here is a husband. Has no crew. His wife is worshiping gods. And is that pronouncing curses? And he has no idea he is cursing himself. Do you know what happened to Rachel? Now the Bible doesn't say this was the result of it, but she, when she was getting the second boy, what happened? She died. There is no account of this curse being removed from her life. But you ask yourself, what was wrong with Rachel? Here is the blessing of God. Your own father can testify and say it is on account of Jacob, the God of Jacob, that I have been blessed. And here is a young lady, a young woman, screaming to her gods. The gods that kept her father so poor until they were herding sheep. Jacob came to help them. And they were so, it's such a pathetic situation. Because sons would go and take care of flocks. But Laban did not have much, so he couldn't send his sons, send the daughters. And now, what is the daughter doing? Sticking with the idols. Wound up in premature death. See, that is not my inheritance. Because we got to make a distinction, people. We got to, we got to get rid of idols. Idols of, I, uh, oh, okay, I've, I've stepped too much on the, wow, that cow. <laughs> Peace. I was walking on the road on Monday, and I saw some guys ahead of me. They were walking ahead of me, two or three young fellows. When I was leaving the compound, the guard, the guard told me, don't go that way. In fact, you probably better use your car. I hear the 
there's, uh, the commotion is on this side. You know, I'm just walking around here. He said, okay. So I went, I'm walking ahead. I see two, two young, uh, two or three fellows walking ahead of me. They meet another group of two or three fellows and they stop. They start coming back this way. Man, I turned. I started walking back. <laughs> this man was behind me. He said, oh, don't turn back. Don't. Let's go. Don't, don't, don't. This is my area. Don't worry. <laughs> so we started walking with them. They didn't ask us anything. We passed them. But there was, I said, I'm going back home. I'm not going to wander around in this. But I, I said, I told the man, listen, that we need to sort of figure out what to do as a nation because Raira is pressing in, demanding this. Ah, oh, I mentioned Raira. Oh, boy, I can't tell you what he said. I said, no, 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 I come in peace. I come in peace. I don't want to slaughter your cow, but please, peace, just peace. But let me, do you understand what I'm driving at? Examine yourself. Why are you so worked up? Why are you so worked up when you are, when a certain family is, when a certain name comes up, you come up, something inside you just rises up and you go to tell people something. You got an idol. That's a more. We got to kill that guy. We are having him for lunch today. Tell your neighbor we are eating beef today. <laughs> it's no longer a sacred cow. It's a herd of cows. A herd of cows from all over the place. May God deliver us from idols of men. From political idols from traditional idols, from tribal idols. What has held this nation so far, back so far, that so many years after independence, so many years, nations that got independent after Kenya, Singapore, uh, UAE, they were worse off than Kenya. Why are we, they have bigger deserts. They have no place of producing anything. What is holding this nation back? The spirit of Laban. Laban, changing, deceit, craftiness, always trying to get an upper hand over everything. But Jacob's are rising up, saying, Laban, bye-bye, Laban, no more, no more that I will not deal with you at your own time. We are going to the throne of God. We are interceding with the God of Abraham, the God of Aisha, the God of our fathers. Our fathers of faith. That's where, as a church, we are getting into. We are no longer going to compromise because we can get some benefits here and there from these idols. No. And there are benefits. That's why people hang around. There are many benefits. And they are willing to tolerate some of these benefits. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I need to, to move on because of time. But meditate on that and ask yourself, which God? Because that removes the presence of God. Rachel, Jacob carried the presence of God. It was of no benefit to Rachel, his wife. Jacob carried the presence of the Lord. It did not help Laban because he had his idols. He had his mind set on what he can get from Jacob. The moment that didn't work, he was ready to remain poor and let Jacob go with his God. But God is a God of blessings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us, so this is in the time of the patriarch. Look at Genesis chapter 39, 
uh, verse 2 and 3 says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his son. Who is Joseph? Joseph is the son of Rachel. He did not go after the gods of Rachel. He chose the God of his father. Praise the Lord. I had a, man, uh, a woman actually teaching on a marriage seminar saying, women are the ones who teach their children foreign gods. Uh, well, I, I got excited a bit. Then I realized it's just these fights between husbands and wives that are, people propagate all over the time. I thought, and he was, she was quoting that scripture of Rachel, uh, stealing the gods. Say that she, it, they were her father's gods. So they were not her mother's gods. <laughs> so we can't start fight, fighting along, is it women, is it uh, men, is it husbands, is it wives? People have a choice. Praise God. You remember the message from Pastor Kara? Daily choices. You got to make a daily choice. Are you going to walk in the ways of our fathers of faith? Or are you going to embrace the gods of Gatondo, the gods of Sugoi, the gods of Bondo, Pepo Abahalini, Pepo Awapi? You got to make a choice. Joseph made his choice. It was in him, his, the press. You remember the accounts of Brother Kiyoko? You can remember that story. His journey to South Africa, and he went to the foreign embassy, and he made it with his... You, you can remember all that. Stories are very easy to remember, isn't it? He was saying what? You carry the presence of God. You are the one who carries the presence of God. Look at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 1. Is it... Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse, yeah, that's verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name who? Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Jesus came, we no longer had the physical uh, setup of the Ark of the Covenant. We kind of have gone back to the ways of the patriarchs. Now God is with us, but it's better, all right? Because in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 16, this is in the Amplified Classic 6, what agreement can there be between a temple of God and what? Idols. Let's read it together. For we, say I, are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in and with and among them, and I will walk in and with and among them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Whose people are we? God's people. We are not people of Katundu. I keep going back to that because of this more thing. We are not people of Sugoi. We are not people of whatever it is. We are people of the Lord. God wants to inhabit us. We carry what the testimonies we've heard about sowing. What was Pastor Davis and, and Deacon Norman carrying? They carried the what? The presence of the Lord. 
And they were blessing where they went. They didn't carry their tribes. They didn't go there because they are from Taita or from Kirithi. Pepo Bahalini. <laughs> they didn't take that one there. I like listening to those people from Coast Ministry. That people of Bahalini is a bad one. It kind of keeps coming up. <laughs> but that's not what they carry. You carry the spirit of the Lord. Maasai's have their own gods. I was in, in an Arab, and I met these fellows on the road. This is it has rained. I said, so where are you going? They said, kuna mzee alikuwa mechinja buzi in that place. That is why it has rained. I said, no, that is not why it has rained. It's just terrible. Let me put it that way. They're gone. They don't look like they are there. But I'm telling you, the more you see it rising, mention their God. Have you ever heard of people, if you want to know who is the owner of this dog, take a stone and hit the dog on the head. Soon enough, you find somebody shouting, why have you kicked my dog? God does not want us divided along those lines, church. I came to share that with you. It's a, a, a caution, all right? We, I'm going to get to the encouragement part later, all right? <laughs> But, but receive correction. Ask the Lord. This pattern of things that are happening in my personal life, is there an idol? Am I like Rachel anywhere? Because you carry the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go back to the Ark of the Covenant. And we start, the story of the Ark of the Covenant starts in 1 Samuel chapter 4. But we'll just look at verse 10 and 11. Says, so the Philistines, so this is what happened. The, the, the Philistines were fighting with the Israelites. The Israelites went back and brought the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh to the war theater because they thought it would help them. And they were shouting and celebrating and the Philistines were like, whoa, what's happened to the Hebrews? And somebody said, they have brought their God. The Philistines said, let's go get that God. And so this is how the fighting ended. It says, so the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. How many? 30,000. In the presence of the Lord. The ark is there. They brought it to help them. The end result, 30,000 dead. Let's go on. Also the ark of God was captured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, died. You read on later on, you find that uh, the, their father Eli died, and the, 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 the grandson got into an accident, and uh, uh, well, he became, they call him Ichabod. The glory has departed. All right? Now, you go to chapter 5, and let's look at verse 1 it says, Then the Philistines took, so the Philistines have taken this thing. All right? What does it represent? The presence of the Lord. Who has it now? Their enemies. All right? Took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. All right? When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. All right? Let's go. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon foreign on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. All right? 
And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hand were broken off on the thresholds. Only dragon's tozo was left of it. What did I tell you as the first thing? To get rid of idols. There is no idol that is going to stand in the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter how many times you prop up your idol. It doesn't how many times you litigate this issue. The idol, once it's fallen, is fallen. It's, going, it's not going to rise up. Not in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. No matter, don't try, we call it what? Ukarabati. Don't, don't <laughs> part this thing. Call it what it is and repent. Let's go. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any other. Let's go to the another verse 6. Let's go. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. All right? Verse 7. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they say, the ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, from his hand is harsh towards us, and Dagon, our God. Terrible. Just terrible. Now, uh, Go to verse, verse, verse 9. So it was after, So what happened, they took this thing from Ashdod, took it to a place called Gath, you know, where the, the, the Philistine uh, Goliath came from. So it was after they carried it away, the hand of the Lord was against the city, now this is the city of Gath, with a very great destruction, and he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. This is Ashdod. Now we go to verse 10. Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was as the ark of God came to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out saying, they have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. <laughs> so they sent and gathered together all the laws of the Philistines and send away the ark of God of Israel and let it go back to its own people so that it does not kill us and our people. Listen, for there was a deadly destruction Throughout all the city, the hand of God was very heavy there. Come on. Do you find the ark is the presence of the Lord? Do you follow so far? But what are we seeing? Disaster. Disaster. Now, we know we, we, we sang what? We want to see the presence of the Lord. They weren't singing that. <laughs> what is the problem? They had reduced the presence of the Lord, the ark, to an object. They were not perceiving the God. They were not sensitive to the presence of the Lord. It was an object. Take it, put it here. Do this, do this. Do this, do this. It's fellowship. The presence of the Lord is not a catalog of events. Somebody said a lot of Christians have the idea that Christianity is four letters. Don't. 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 Christian is be. Become. What have we become in Christ Jesus? Why is the ark there? Why is the presence of the Lord there? It's not so that we can grab some benefits. It's not so that we can sit it there like Dagon or Baal, or any other kind of object, is for us, is a point of contact. For us to acknowledge the goodness of God. 
the presence of God. They had reduced this thing into an object. What did the Israelites do? They just brought the whole thing. I mean, they no repentance, nothing. Let's just take the ark. It's the way people say, this is the Bible, the Bible. This. No, it's the word of the covenant and what you're doing with it. It's not an object. It's fellowship with God. That is what the presence of the Lord is all about. It's not the song I sang last Sunday. It's the relationship. Do I know who I am? Have I appropriated the true meaning of redemption? It's walking in reverential fear. That reverential fear is because you know how awesome is our God. It's not reducing him to something we can carry from here to here to here, and let's see what happens. What happened? Disaster. Do you still want the presence of the Lord? Now, let's, uh, let's look at, uh, let me see, see what I have here so I don't miss it. First uh, Samuel 6.19. Now, from Ekron, they built a cart, a new cart, ox cart. Put the Ark of the Covenant there. Put some gold in there. Sent it to a place called Beth Shemesh. And this is where, this is what the Bible talks about, this Beth Shemesh thing. Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh. Because they had looked into the ark of the Lord, he struck 50,070 men of the people. And the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. These are Israelites in Beth Shemesh. 20 kilometers from Ekron. From here is when they sent this Ark of the Covenant to the house of Aminadab. Abina, Abina, Abinadab. The first Abina. Let's go to let's go to Second Samuel chapter. Yeah, and yeah, let's go. Where is it? Talk about where it was. They carried it from. Let's go. Yeah, there. And they brought out it out of the house of Ambina Dab. Ambina Dab was a priest. His son was, they consecrated one of his sons. Now, these sons, the other two sons are Uza and Ohio. You have forgotten. I told you, we are coming to an end now. Can you, you can focus. This is, this is where they, 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 they were coming to. And, but before we go to, to, together, I think there's a scripture I want to share here. Romans 15.4. Let's go to Romans 15.4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scriptures I've shared with you. <laughs> 30,000 people died. These ones died. There was destruction died there. What is the purpose of all that? For to encourage you so you don't follow the same path, all right? Like, I'm the only one who finds that funny. Yeah, but it is to give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's what? Promises to be fulfilled. And the other scripture with that is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who had it. 
Say, I'm mixing the word with faith this afternoon. That's where I wanted to bring you to. Praise God. That you realize you have got to mix faith with the word you're hearing. You can hear about the presence of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, but unless you start mixing faith with it, it doesn't really benefit you. Let's go to verse 5 here of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 2. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 5. Just to recap what we started with. And they brought out of the house of Israel, prayed music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of firewood on string. So they were dancing. All right, let's go on. And when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah, Uzzah means human strength. Uzzah means human strength. Put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Say the oxen stumbled. Let's go to verse 8. Uh, oh no, you're in verse 7 then. Eh? Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error. Let's go to verse 8. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak. Verse 9. That's what I'm looking for. David was afraid. Yeah, let's go to where Danny picked it up. So David will not move it. Yeah, let's go. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. Obed-Edom. Obed, a servant of Edom. Obed just means Edom. The Gittite. Now, what are we doing? We are mixing faith with what we are hearing. Are you following me? Because that's where I want us to get to. We are mixing faith with what we are hearing because what we are reading is for our encouragement and our hope. All right? So, Obedidom, the Gittite, a big problem there and a solution. Obedidom, the servant of Edom, the Gittite. Now, the Gittite means he is from Gath. Who lived in Gath? The Philistines. So it's not clear why would a Gittite be the one where they take the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. All right? Now, there is Obed-Edom that was part of the people who are, you remember David saying, I would rather be a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord. There is another Obed-Edom. But the scripture does not tell us whether it is the same Obed-Edom. But here it says Obed-Edom the Gittite. So it's not clear who exactly this is, all right? And, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. All right, let's go on. And says what? Now it was told King David. It was, so, it was told uh, President Ruto. It was told... Uh, that's not what I'm just, you understand, I'm just inserting there. What, what are we talking about? Encouragement and hope, all right? The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So who are we talking about here? Obed-Edom. We are talking about you. Tell your neighbor, we are talking about you. We are prophesying what will be said about you, praise the Lord. Because now you know how to handle the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine in three months' time? Just check yourself where you are today. I don't know who you are, but just check where you are today. And in three months, this is the beginning of April, April the 2nd. April, May, June. 
What is it that can happen in your life, Daniel, that by April, May, June, by the 2nd of July, it gets to state house? Somebody says there is a certain church because they know how to steer the presence of the Lord. Do you see that property there? Do you see, uh, what uh, you people in business? What can somebody do such that in three months' time it gets to state house? Can you can you just imagine what happened for? Obed-Edom. And I'm so happy because we don't know who Obed-Edom is. We don't know whether he was a Levite. We don't know whether he was a Philistine. So it can be you. Tell them your neighbor it can be you. Because the word of God is for what? To give us what? Hope and what? Encouragement. Tell your neighbor hope and encouragement. I'm telling you they plotted. I, I have this in my mind. David calling a meeting and asking his guys how are we going to handle? I have a project. Uh, uh, Deacon, Deacon uh, Yvonne here is, uh, I think, Shadow's project, a project manager. So she's called into State House. They say, I have a project. We want to carry uh, this sacred object from the house of Abinadam to Jerusalem. Project manager, can you give us some kind of, you know, we are planning for, what, what is it, the, the read 23 coming up, you know, you, you start plotting things. What is the budget? Uh -huh, uh -huh. How will you cut it? We need a new cut. Uh -huh. Who has a new cut? You, uh, yeah, I got a Mercedes. Yeah, right. Good. Uh -huh. And who, who is going to, who is the driver? You have a chauffeur? Yeah, I have, I, I, know, I know Tom. I, I, I know Tony. Tony is a chauffeur. Yeah, okay, Tom, uh, Tony is ready. Uh-huh. They, they got the project plan. They got it all figured out. And they, they, they rode out of Aminadam's house. And what happens? Say, the oxen stumbled. Say, the oxen stumbled. I'm prophesying of your life. It doesn't matter whether they never included you in the project. Something will happen. Don't tell me. They don't look at me in the office anymore. They don't talk to me. They ignore me. Don't worry. The oxen will stumble. They have this big project going on. I've been left out. Don't worry. The oxen will stumble. Praise the Lord. They have now taken over the government. What will happen to my, so, my small tribe? Don't worry. The oxen will stumble. Praise the Lord. The governor. I was supporting the other governor. They chose the wrong governor. Don't worry. The oxen will stumble. It doesn't matter what people have schemed or planned and doesn't have to be evil. But the oxen will stumble. My question is, when the oxen stumbles, can they look up to you, Deacon Daniel, and say, take this thing, Daniel can handle it? Can they take it over and say, take this thing, Deacon Duncan can handle it? Are you, are you, are you strategically positioned in the spirit realm? Because... I came to tell you the oxen will stumble. It's not it's man's plan. And no matter how good the plans are, the oxen will stumble. The issue is don't pull back in fear, wondering what's happening in my life. I'm here to tell you the oxen will stumble. Oxen stumble. <laughs> That is why it was supposed to be carried by men, not oxen. 
But men, being men, will always come up with a better plan than God. And when what happens? The oxen always stumbles. My question for you today is when the oxen stumbles, can, we be, can you be trusted to handle this project? Can you be trusted to handle the presence of the Lord? Praise the Lord. I'm preaching better than you are saying amen. I'm already sweaty. And you are just calm and cool. Is it because of the cow? I attacked your cow. <laughs> I'm telling you, the oxen will stumble. When the oxen stumbles, nobody tells us where Obed Edom came from. But he was there. Praise the Lord. The man was there and he knew what to do. He said, King, don't worry. Can I say something? What has killed others will not kill you. That's, that's, that's a major one. What has killed others will not kill you. 30,000 dead, 50,070 dead, all kind of destruction coming. What has made others give up in fear will not destroy you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. What has killed others will not kill you. The cancer they talk about that has been killing others will not kill you. The ones who are sucking people, you hear these ones who are sucked, these ones who are up, it will not destroy you. You hear what has caused other people's businesses to fail will not destroy your business. Say, I receive it. I receive. The scripture is for encouragement and hope that we learn and adjust our ways and know that what killed other people not, need not kill us. And in three months' time, Praise the Lord. In three months' time, we are talking about a market difference in your life. My question for you, again as I conclude, have you got rid of the idols? Are you focusing on his presence and not the presence and the benefits? Praise the Lord. Are you relating to God in fellowship, not like an object? Do you understand it's the grace of God by faith, through faith in him, based on the scriptures that we have been given this? What does that tell us? It's the blood covenant. Why is the word of God so important? Listen, justification in the Bible is justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, on the basis of scripture alone. What is scripture? Covenant. These are two covenants. An old covenant and a new covenant. You are not going to Gatondo. You are not going to Kabarak. You are not going to Gotalira or wherever people are going or some forest somewhere to go and participate in all things and words of the devil, you are coming to the word of God 
is a blood covenant word that you can stand on and prosper when other people are being destroyed. Do you understand Abinadam son uh, Uzzah? Uzzah was a priest and he died. So don't tell me about what these other priests say. He died. Touched the Ark of the Covenant and boom! They said the bishop has died. Why do we take this thing? I I have meditated on that thing. I say, Lord, I want, I want to be where Obedidom. I, I, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be. They can't see me. But when they get into trouble, boy, they say, oh, Francis, where is Francis? Yeah, take a dream. They think it will kill me. It will not. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's my opportunity for promotion. It's my opportunity for advancement. It's my opportunity to see the glory of God manifest. It's my opportunity to prove this covenant still works. Praise the Lord. Listen. They took six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. David said, stop. Stop. Said king. What's happened? The oxen, well, nobody has stopped, nobody is dead yet. He said, I was talking to Obed Edom and I asked him, Obed Edom, how is it this thing that has been killing others and you are still standing? And not just standing, boy, you are prospering. What is the secret? Pastor Davis has been teaching on this. The man said, don't go more than six steps without a sacrifice. What is the sacrifice? A blood covenant. A reminder of the goodness of God. See, they did everything they did the first time. They danced, they shouted, Uzzah still died. <laughs> but this time, sure they carried it on their shoulders, but before they went on with all the singing, with all the praising, they brought a sacrifice. What is that sacrifice? It's a powerful reminder of what the Lord has done for us. You got to appreciate his sacrifice. Remember what Pastor David said during times and offering is through redemption has come to us through what? Seed time and harvest. What did that seed time take? What seed? Unless a grain of wheat what? Dies. It took his death. That is the covenant. A blood covenant. Tell your neighbor blood covenant. Praise the Lord. I want to end there. Then we are going to receive communion. Will you rise up on your feet? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and just take a moment and just thank God. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. That priest team, I believe you can come back up here. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This afternoon, we come before you, a true God. Thank you, Lord, that you are answering your people. This same question that Gideon was asking. If the Lord 
is with us. Then why all this? Lord, we know it's because we have lifted up idols. And this afternoon, Father, standing in my delegated authority here under the leadership and the pastoral team, Pastor Davis, Pastor Kara, over this church, we remit the sins of your people, especially where idol worship is concerned, where we have exalted men and women and forgotten the Lord, our God, where we have put financial, material wealth ahead of the presence of God. Lord, we repent. We repent. And we thank you that those sins are remitted. No more premature death in the name of Jesus. No more the death of Rachel in our midst. We say, Rachel will live. Rachel will rejoice. Rachel will see her children in the name of Jesus. There's no more weeping. Jesus has come. He is our redeemer. He is our covenant maker. And he has said, I saw Rachel weeping over her children. And that has been paid for. No more, no more premature deaths. Not in this nation. Because we lift up the covenant, the blood of Jesus. We exhort that over the oaths that have been taken over this nation. Over every kind of backroom dealings that have been taking place in this nation. We render those spirits harmless, useless in the name of Jesus. Whatever blood has been shed to make covenants that people are changing all the time, we rebuke the spirit of Laban from Amiris in the name of Jesus. We rebuke that pattern of lies of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We say 20 years are up. 20 years are up for this nation. We are getting back to building and prospering as a nation in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are positioning every member of this church like Obed, Obedidom. Obedidom. Their heritage doesn't matter. Their background doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who doesn't know them or who knows them. But Father, they carry your presence and they know how to step up in your presence and take care of sacred things through a life of sacrifice and holiness towards God. Thank you, Father. We thank you because all this is by your grace. Lord, we remember our fathers of faith. Fathers of faith. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies we've had. It was shared on this platform about Derek Prince and fathers who prayed, Father. We want their God. We, we say we are the generation now. We are the ones and the same God who had them and delivered this nation. Lord, we know you can hear us and you are delivering us from every kind of barrenness, from every attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus. What has destroyed unbelievers will not destroy us. What has destroyed believers who doubted will not destroy us. Thank you, Father, for continued revelation. 
of your goodness and the blood of Jesus that was shed that we may be set free. We thank you, Father. We give you glory, praise, and honor. And everyone says, Amen and Amen. We'll give you the, give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs>